So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 7, Episode 7 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Usman's mom might not approve of him marrying Kimberly, Jenny and Samit get their Kama Sutra on, Ed wants to know everything about Liz's past or it's over, Shida has some unrealistic expectations of motherhood, Andre's green card may be harder to come by than they thought, and Angela angels her meeting with Michael all the way up. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, where we'll be covering the new season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you doing today? I'm doing not bad. We had parent-teacher conferences today, which meant uh, I'm a, I teach seniors, and nobody ever wants to talk to the teacher, the teachers of seniors. So <laughs> I just late. got a lot of great. I got a lot of grading <laughs> yeah. done. Yeah, it's too late. What are you going to fix? Come on. Too late. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I also got a lot of grading done too. It was a professional development day for us. Yeah. All right. So uh, now the kind of parent I didn't have to deal with, and gladly I didn't. I think I feel like I might have heard a teacher down the hall had to deal with one. Oh gosh. Uh, like. And that's the uh, that's the Angela type, the one who oh, comes after you. Like, what yes. do you know? Why is my kid fit in your class? <laughs> like, and then she says, like, he doesn't come to class. I don't know what you want me to do. He's right. not here. So, which is very much the kind of argument that Angela and Michael had to have. Well, Michael had really. So anyway, Angela is still ripping the bug shield off of Michael's car and threatening to break the windows. She pulls the front license plate off, and she's wondering why her acting like a total psycho isn't getting him to come out of the house. Why has he not come out of the house yet? Does he not see me acting violently out here? Oh, God. Um, so then she really tries to get the back license plate, which proves much harder to get off the car. Um, and she's ranking all that and trying to convince us that she's the real vi- victim and also that she has every right to trash this car. So eventually, you know, people start coming out and then Michael comes out and says, what is the meaning of this? Which just prompts her to physically come attack him. Um, come after him and everybody gets heated. The family separates them. There's a lot of cussing. There's all this stuff going on. It seems like his brothers came out and for some reason, Angela thought that they were going to be on her side. Like, I don't understand. He's scamming me. Like, they should, been, they, should, they should realize how terrible Percy has been on my side. So she's delusional. Um, but basically... Nothing happens except for Angela calling him a bitch a bunch of times, then saying she'll he'll never come on her visa before he yells at her and just tells her to get out and she leaves. So on the way out, she tells us she's going to leave Nigeria and never come back. And then she starts crying again about how much she wanted this to work and things are so hard or whatever. And OK, so the thing at the end, she did say something to, along the lines of, I wanted this to work and I just came over here to hash things out. Right. Why is she lying to us? Why does I she know. think anybody believes that that's what she was there we for? We just saw her. I know. I thought it was so <laughs> ridiculous. Like she said, oh, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, were you? Because you didn't let him talk at all. You just went straight into attack mode. You were ripping crap up like – you didn't let him talk. You were just yelling at him. So I, I don't know what in what world she thinks that this is the steps towards conflict resolution. 
Yeah, she just seemed – she really legitimately seemed to think that this was her giving him a chance to explain himself. Right. When all it's it like, was was really. her attacking his car, trying to throw punches at him, and calling him a little bitch. Like, yeah. that is that that's how we give people a chance now. Okay. Right. So, yeah, I did not understand where she was coming from at all. I mean – it doesn't surprise me. It's Angela. We've seen her how many seasons? I really hope this is the last we'll see of her then. Um, you know, we've been saying, I think there was even maybe like a petition for, to like get her to not be on the show anymore because of how violent she is. Yeah. I mean, what the things that she's doing is legitimately abusive. And it's one of those things that if you've switched the other, if you put it on the other shoe and this is a mm-hmm. man trashing the woman's car yelling at her to get mm-hmm. outside no that's everybody would be like that's domestic violence and why are we televising this right the other thing that i thought was really weird we kind of knew she was going to do this because she had talked about it before but she's like waving around her marriage certificate like it's some kind of free pass to like that means destroy the car the property. belongs to her and she can destroy things like that's not- i know it's like <laughs> no that's not what that marriage certificate means at all you know it's like the title is probably not in your name so i don't care that you make payments on it like the law isn't gonna oh oh you have a marriage certificate oh go go right ahead but she had that picture book that told her in nigeria when you're married everything that belongs to him also belongs to you the picture book it was like a thin little book it was like a little like legal book and she's like i found this book when i was looking through my stuff it's nigerian marriage law but it looked like it was like 20 pages long (laughs) i I don't think that's the entirety of nigerian marriage law angela Yeah, she's just really super unreasonable. I mean, I don't know, like, what she's trying to get out of this. She's trying to, like, get the hell out of Nigeria, right? And mm-hmm. her friend Renee is like, well, maybe you should, like, have a real conversation with him. So on the coming up, so next week, supposedly, uh, she should be having a sit down with him, possibly. Oh, but somebody's it's like, getting water thrown in their face. There's the drink yeah, going to be thrown in this case, oh right? Gosh, I know, right? Uh, yeah, and it's just like, I don't understand what, how this is going to go any differently, right? She's going to actually let him talk this time? Yeah, right? No, she won't. And even if she did, what's he, what's he going to say? He's going to say the same thing he told us. He was like, you, you don't let me work. I can make money on the Instagram. I want my, she, and cause it's funny cause she keeps saying all this scam, all this sketchiness. The only thing she ever mentions is that he has his Instagram back up. That is the entire list. Yeah. She does not have a long list. Right. Of, I've seen him talking to these women. I've seen this. I've seen that. He has the Instagram. He's spending a lot of money that I don't know where it came from. Like none of this is on the list. It's literally just he has an Instagram up and I told him to take it down. Yeah. That's what all yeah. this is about. Like like it's just it's it's a it's an abusive relationship. It's like it's crazy to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely abusive. All right. So moving on to – well, let's just hit the other probably abusive relationship. With, but these both people are bad. Let's Ed and Liz. Um, so oh Liz is getting her makeup done for the engagement party. And she's mostly hoping that people don't mistake it for like a surprise wedding because she's going to wear a white dress. And also she wants to be able to let loose and not stress out all the time. So she wants us – Everyone to see that what her and Ed have is real. So the engagement party thing is uh, new for her because since, you know, the one marriage, she got married right out of high school, no engagement party. 
and engagement marriage too was just a quick Vegas wedding that she calls a joke. So again, no engagement party. So for his part of getting ready, Ed is picking up his outfit from the tailor and worrying about whether his mom or daughter are going to surprise him and show up. So Liz says that she's ready. There are going to be questions, but she's not going to take any crap from anyone. It's going to have – if anyone brings any drama, they're going to get escorted out, which is heavy foreshadowing. So then it's time for the party, and it's a pretty packed in this clubbish restaurant when they walk into applause, and there's a brief discussion as they're kind of making the rounds about which celebrity Ed is most like. And I hope the joke was that he wasn't supposed to be really like any of them because he was not like any of them. I forget which one they landed on, but I was like, no, no, you were not. Joe's Jason Sudeikis. And I was like, no, you know, you're not. No. So they make the rounds talking to everybody and most of the characters we've met before are there, but not Ed's mom or daughter. And then we keep seeing Ed eyeing the door for them. So Patty, Liz's mom, is still pretty – seems like she was still pretty suspicious about the whole relationship and tells Ed like oh, out in front of everybody about how she wanted Liz to break up instead of getting back together with him. But then does tell Ed that she's grateful that she was wrong and they're back together. So kind of gives her blessings for everything. It, Liz especially was very touched by it. So things seem to have gone really well until we get a title card about how Liz and one of her guests got into a, quote, heated argument. And true to her word, the woman was escorted out by security. So cameras pick it back up with Ed saying that they need to talk about this situation. So Ed's version of a story is what had happened was, is that one of Liz's friends touched her arm and they looked at each other the way that lovers look at each other. Oh, and God. Ed thinks <laughs> that this woman was a lesbian and the way they looked at each other, you know, meant that they had been intimate with, the, with this person. So... Ed needs to get to the bottom of this right now at this very moment. Cannot wait. So this pisses Liz and she storms off. So then Ed gives us more explanation about why he thought Liz and her co-worker, that's who it was, were romantically involved. But no reason at all why he should care. Like he tells us his reasoning for thinking. This is why I think this is what happened. But not why that is relevant at all to his life. And then we see Liz ranting and running down the street barefoot. So he's pissed off, embarrassed, and worried, but he can't chase her because he has to close things out at the at the restaurant. So she won't answer the phone and is making him think they have too many issues to resolve before they can get married. And eventually a clearly drunk Liz is saying that everyone that doubted them wins and she doesn't think he would take care of him as the producer keeps trying to get keep getting her to answer the phone. He's like, eh, Ed's calling now. Why don't you answer the phone? So the producer eventually answers the phone for her and puts her on the phone. So she can like drunkenly fire hose every issue she's ever had just through the phone at him. Uh, He says that she's embarrassing herself. And obviously, if he can't find out everything about her, he literally said that. If I can't find out everything about you, then we can't get married. Um, And you should just leave the ring and move out. So instead of like doing that, she leaves the phone on like a fence post so he can keep talking to nobody. And she walks away. (laughs) So what? Can you can you explain to me why Ed thinks it's relevant at all whether she and this coworker had slept together in the past? 
Yeah, I don't even think it really matters that much. The only thing that I can think of, and he does say something that during one of their eight breaks that they took, she had mentioned to him that she was thinking about, you know, maybe uh, dating women because that would have been like a better situation for her considering her bad luck dating men. And so that's also why he was suspicious because he's like, well, why is she coming up with this? Oh, there's a lesbian in your orbit. Maybe that's why. And so... So it sounds like he may have had suspicions about this particular person before and then seeing them at the party was just like reaffirming. So I can somewhat, somewhat, very tiny bit, understand where he's coming from if he had already asked her and she had denied it. So now he's thinking that she's lying to him about what had happened in the past. But that's not what he said and that's not how it went down. So it's just like, well... You know, I'm definitely going, I'm making a big leap to even try to be empathetic with Ed at all. Yeah, but really, he was yeah. unreasonable. No, it just it just seemed like he was like, you gave me an itemized list of every person you ever slept yeah. with. And then this mm-hmm. person looked at you like they slept with you before. And I didn't know about that person. So we need to have a conversation, which is insane. That is just crazy. But it's also in line with how she has said in the past that he has been insanely jealous and controlling, you know? So it's like, I feel like we don't really get to see that side of him too often um, Mm -hmm. on camera because he does tend to be very much like, I don't want to even say poised, but like he he knows he's on he's, a show. He's cognizant right? of the of the show, of the Playing cameras. Playing yes. a part. He's definitely trying to sell himself as a good guy, you know? And so even the things that have come out where, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, this is not a healthy relationship is like, uh, you know, when the uh, voicemails were released, uh, leaked whatever the voicemails that he sent to Liz and people were very alarmed with how abusive he sounded um, you know demanding uh, you know to know where she was or like you know belittling her and telling her what terrible person she was for leaving him in Vegas you know like that whole thing so I can't remember exactly but I think someone left someone in Vegas And that was one of their first breakups was Uh having to do with this. And he had left her some very nasty voicemails and people were just like, oh. And I think that's when people first really started demanding that Ed be canceled. Now, granted, he did not treat Rose very well and people didn't like him then. But it wasn't until after these voicemails got released when he was with Liz that people were just like, this is a bad person. Why are we still watching him? And I'm not convinced Liz is a whole lot better, right? Because mm-hmm. I yeah, feel like sure. we, we, we didn't see – I mean, we have the voicemails or whatever like that. But I think right. she's a little bit more discreet about it. But like I don't mm-hmm. know what happened with – she was fight. She got into a heated argument with one of her guests. It wasn't yeah. like somebody from his side that was like demanding. It was like one of her guests that she had kicked out and that's, that's how yeah. this whole thing started. So it's like – right. And she didn't sound great when she was drunkenly, you know, word vomiting everything. And I mean, now Ed being like, you're being embarrassing was gross. But yeah, ridiculous because he was also being embarrassing. Right. Yeah. But it's just yeah, she did it to me. It was more comical. 
I just thought it was funny her running around drunk, like without her shoes. Like. Okay, and I will I will definitely always laugh at someone running away from the cameras in a dress barefoot. Like it right. was funny when it was on um, Love Is Blind. It's funny on here. It's 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 always funny. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I thought it was kind of funny, and like in that way, it's like oh, cute. You know, you're drunk or whatever. But it's like I wonder um, a little bit. Like, if this really is the end, because how many times have we heard her this season say, if he breaks up with me again, if he threatens this relationship again, I'm done because she is tired of being in this situation where she feels like she's in an unstable relationship. And, you know, we can applaud her for saying, like, this is this is it. This is it. This is it. But if she doesn't follow through with it, it's like, oh, okay, well, all that stuff was crap that you said. Yeah, and I just don't believe she didn't say the same things on breakups, I don't know, five through eight. Right. Right, Like, there's no way she said, okay, well, eight, that's the one that's too far. That's the one one where I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Well, I I mean, in her defense, the only reason why I would say this is the last one – compared to five through eight is because they weren't engaged until this last time. So supposedly from the time that they've been engaged to now, there has been no breakup. So I could see how if they are, you know, engaged right now and now he's saying, because I I can also see him like walking it back being like, oh, you know, that's, that's not what I said, you know, or that's not what I meant. I meant that if you're not ready to get married, then we should break up and you should, you know. But that's not what he said. He said, you're not ready to get married. So get your stuff. Get out of the house. We can't get married. We can't be together. Right. But his then he's he's never going to get married because his, you know, Child brides will always not be ready. I mean, child brides. I was like, his his criterion for whether somebody is not ready to get married or not is whether I know everything about you, which well, is that makes it easier if you're a child bride. There's less, there's uh, less to history know. there. Sure, less to know. He didn't even say about you. It's just it. That's just like, why would you know everything about anyone? That's it. That's just crazy. Like, that's not possible to know everything about anyone. Like, yeah, without unless you're so controlling that they're not their own person, which is now we're talking about abusive relationship. Like, and I don't know that he meant everything as much as I really do think he's really hung up on like her, um, her body count and her list. Like, yeah, well, that was the other thing that, you know, Liz was not perfect in this um, was that uh, when Ed asked her. Like, she didn't really answer him. She just kind of did a, really? Really, you're going to ask me that? And And then he asks her again, and she doesn't actually answer. Now, granted, I don't think he would have let it go even if she had just straight out said no to begin with. And like, no, I didn't sleep with that person. Like, you know, that's... That's not a fair question, you know, like, even if she'd been rational about it, I I still feel like he would have reacted the same way. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, she's not helping the situation by, you know, getting real defensive from the beginning, not really answering the question and running off. I mean, yes and no. I just think I think this is if this was like the first time something like this happened, maybe. But Mm -hmm. if your partner's reaction to every time you talked on the phone with someone in front of him that you haven't talked on the phone with before 
you hung up the phone and he said, well, did you sleep with them? Have you had oh, sex God. with that person? Then yeah. after you had a heated fight with somebody, if they came, if he came up and was like, we need to talk about whether or not you slept with that person, you'd be like, are you kidding me? What? Yeah. You, that, you'd react the same way. Everybody right, would react right. the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't help that they've been drinking. And I almost want to say that they would use that to justify this whole thing. Oh, yes. I mean, if anything, it's going to try to get out of this by like, everybody was really drunk. Like, yeah. who even knows what was going on? Like, let's go on. So hopefully Ugh. they don't. I don't want them. I know. I hope they stick to their guns. and Yeah, definitely. Just move on from one another. All right. Um, let's talk about Samit and Jenny. So Jenny is nagging at Samit because she tripped over his shoe and his clothes just are everywhere. Jenny's going to go for a walk so she can talk with her daughter, Christina, on video chat. But Samit is not invited. Jenny tells Christina that they are on their honeymoon and things are good. She says she misses her and tells Christina how she wants Samit to get a spousal visa to come to America. Christina then says that things are starting to open up. Uh, so as soon as that happens, Christina and her wife will come and visit them in India. Jenny then tells her Samit asked her to take a Kama Sutra yoga class for couples. And Jenny thinks that's weird. Christina asks her if there's any adult stores there. And Jenny thinks about it and wonders if it's a generational thing about being experimental with sex. She reconsiders the Kama Sutra class because she wants to keep Samit happy. Later, they take a walk on a bridge where they encounter a cow and a monkey. Jenny then tells Samit that her daughter will be visiting. This makes Samit happy because if her family comes to them, then she won't want, to, she won't want him to necessarily to go back to the U.S. Jenny says her wish from the Ganges ceremony came true. Jenny also tells him that she's considering the Kama Sutra class and asks him more questions about it. Jenny says that she's old and knows everything about sex, but then says she's afraid he will get bored if she won't learn new things. So I don't know. She has conflicting ideas about that. Samit says he's thinking about the future. Jenny says she will try the freaky class, but if things get too weird, she'll just leave. Samit jokes that he could always try Kama Sutra with someone else, so Jenny agrees to go. Gajinder, the instructor, is yet another Indian who is shocked by the age difference. Oh, as an Indian. I ask everybody. It's so weird. I know. It's the the hotel guy, this yoga instructor, the, um, uh, who was it? The, uh, the zip lining guy. They're just asking everyone, what do you think of their age difference? Yeah. Yeah. So he just hopes that she doesn't injure herself. They're both doing poses and giggling, and Samit says that he can't imagine imagine chanting Om while they're really having sex. They finish off the class with Cowgirl Helper. Samit assumes the position as Jenny mounts Samit, and he jokes about her weight. Jenny says they will go home and practice to giddy up, horsey. Jenny says they are one and done, especially because she just wants to have sex and go to sleep. All right. So what do you think is, do you think Jenny knows everything or do you think she has stuff to well, learn about sex? Given that like, given that after the class, she was like, okay, I guess we could try that thing where I'm on top next time. I feel like she has a lot to learn. <laughs> I feel like she doesn't really know that much. Yeah. She claims that, you know, she's had so much experience because she's what, 62, I want to say? 63 is what she said. 63. But it was like, yeah, I was, I was like. You know how many 63-year-olds have just spent the last 40 years having, like, missionary sex two times a week with their husband? It's a lot. <laughs> that's a big list of people. Like, and yeah, yeah, just because that's something that it does annoy me and always has annoyed me as a person. It's just like, well, I'm older, so I know more. It's like, no, you 
don't. Just right. being older doesn't make that happen. Well, I think for her, she's probably like, like I know all the normal stuff. Well, if she considers getting on top not normal, I don't know what she right. means by normal. Well, she says, she says like the freaky stuff, right? So she's just like, I don't need to know the freaky stuff. I know all the normal stuff. So I have nothing left to learn and anything left to learn is just freaky. Yeah. Anything I haven't already been doing is freaky. But like, yeah, yeah. I just wait until she finds out you can do it doggy. Like, oh my God, like, well, too freaky <laughs> for me. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. They seem to be getting along in their marriage. Okay. There's really no drama. No, It'll really be interesting. Yeah. No, not this time. Uh, I mean, they're kind of setting it up that he wants to stay in India and she wants him to go back to the U.S. Um, I think, you know, given the language situation, I just think that, you know, it. she doesn't speak any Hindi. So it's like, right. why... Are you going to stay there? She she is going to be so dependent on him. She is so dependent on and him. And his English is – obviously, he worked at a call center. Like, his English is fine yeah. to function in the U.S. She can right. ba- speak basically nothing. She's completely dependent on him. He just he just never wants to leave India. And it's like – I feel like they could split time. Like, that doesn't right. seem like it would be the most ridiculous, like, like c- scenario situation, especially while she still can. But I don't know. I think that's definitely going to come up when her daughter gets there. And I hope we get to see her again this year. I mean, I really hope to get to see his daughter's wife because she was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think that there's like two situations here. It's like one, it's like he can't not work the rest of his life. Right. 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 And so that's going to be an issue. If she moves back, she's going to move back to California like, her retirement is not going to be able to support both of them no, living yeah, in California. Not. Definitely not. So, no. I mean, that's just not possible. Um, even if they do part-time, like, how is he going to, you know, leave a work situation? And then also what we've seen in the previews is that he still is holding out hope that his parents will somehow accept his uh, relationship. And so he doesn't want to leave his family, even though he has nothing to do with them right now. Yeah, that is weird. Like, he seems to be like, well, I never haven't seen my family in two months. But if I go to California and don't see them for the next two months, that's it. We're, that uh, I've given up. Right. Like, that doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Like, because no, that, that's my – is he doesn't even – he won't even visit the U.S. That's what I yeah. can't get over. That's – yeah. There's got to be something else going on, too. Right? There has to be. There has to like be. Like a fear of something, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just – I couldn't I, – I, I laughed at the number of – they showed when they went to the – and they kept saying Karma Sutra. I was like, there's no yeah. R in that word. Stop saying that. And then they – I just I, – you know, the production trolling, they did, tried to make like normal yoga things be like reels. Like a guy was doing a, a bridge and they're like, oh, look at this guy thrusting his junk up in the air. Look at this. <laughs> this freaky stuff here. It's like, this is just yeah. normal. Like it was funny. But – yeah. It was funny watching the instructor just stare at Jenny and submit the whole time because I was like, he thinks she's going to break a hip. That's why I keep staring at her. I might. I mean, if I, I mean, that's obviously the stuff they were doing, you know, the, the bedroom stuff, fine. But like when he started with that, you know, sit like this, this is a yoga pose. I was like, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I literally got, I really tried. And I was like, can I? I couldn't do that one as a kid. And I was like, let me try now. And I was like, no. I don't think I could do that now because I have bad ankles now. No, it wasn't even my ankle. It wasn't. I, it was one of those weird things where I got in the position. I got one foot up on top of the other one. And then it was like the other foot was just like 
No, it didn't seem like, oh, his muscles are stretching too much. It was like if you told me to bend my elbow backward. I was like, it doesn't bend that way. Like I can yeah. push it. I can push my arm as hard as I want. It's not. It just doesn't move. I can't. I can't move my ankle like that anymore. So I can't do that pose, and that's why. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got other. I was going to say poses, but let's go to Libby and Andre. All right, so yeah. Ellie is covered in nail polish, and Libby has to clean it up because Andre is off to the immigration lawyer. So, so far, he nobody has any regrets about sk- skipping Pamela's birthday party, and we won't talk about that for the rest of the episode. So, now it's uh, that Andre's green card had expired, and even after the pandemic, he got like a two-year extension for the pandemic, but it's time to get his permanent green card. So, the lawyer wants to meet in person, so he thinks it must be something important. So, Emil is a lawyer, and she has good news and bad news. Both of them are, you have an interview coming up. So, normally, she says there is no interview in cases like this. If you've been on your green card, nothing's gone wrong, you have a child, here's your permanent green card. So, she thinks that the issue has more to do with his past in Moldova than proving that his relationship with Libby is real, you know, because of the kid. So, Emil thinks that uh, someone may have noticed something that got overlooked when he was applying for the two-year card. And she says that at his, as his lawyer, she needs to know everything about his past. And one of the things she doesn't know, because he didn't think it mattered, was his history as a cop in Moldova. She's especially curious about him being part of an internal investigation where he was accused of, but not found to have committed any wrongdoing. So they they think that it's weird, again, that he's even having the interview, but then she brings up whether someone that is his enemy in the States may have filed a complaint. And, I don't know, Andre has a de- decent list of people, namely Libby's family, that may have done such a thing. But no matter how, what has happened, it all hinges on the results of his interview because the officer that does the interview kind of holds his whole future in, the hands, in his hands and they can even – Go so far as to have him ordered, deported, and barred from ever re-entering the United States, like at the interview. So after this kind of disappointing meeting, he goes back to Libby to fill her in. Libby thought that this was just an interview preparation and didn't get that the interview itself was unusual or suspicious. But Andre brings up that, you know, this could be related to someone, you know, and he even says, how you say, snitching on him. (laughs) So, of course... Libby is frustrated by this whole thing as well and has no idea who may have made a false report on him. He's trying to, you know, ease her in and let her know that deportation is on the table and they have to be ready for that, even though, I don't know, they both admit that there's way faker people out there that have gotten a green card than you. So at this point, Andre Andre brings up, yeah, I think we've had them on this show, right? Yeah. So anyway, at this point, Andre brings up the possibility that I don't know, that I feel like they were going to the whole time. Like, maybe it was somebody in your family that did the snitching. So Libby thinks this can't be possible because her family is way too stupid to figure out even who to call to make this sort of report. <laughs> <It's> not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they're both stressed and nervous about the interview. So, I mean, I mean, how likely do you think that it is somebody from her family that's the root cause of this, this whole scenario, yeah, whole situation? I, I agree with Libby. Like... They're, yeah, they don't know who to talk to. Oh, they would call ICE. They could look up the phone number for ICE. They know, oh, immigrants got to call ICE. They're bigoted and racist enough that they know they know ICE is the people you call to get the immigrants out of the country. <laughs> they know this. Yeah, I don't know about that. I also feel like it's too much effort. And then I do think, like, if they could make an anonymous complaint, they probably would. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. 
I mean, I could tell. I mean, I could see Charlie. Y'all need to know. Y'all need to know about this. He's got a sketchy past. He's a, he was his cop in the past. He's got sketch. It, it, it's just it's something shady there, man. Like y'all should know about that. Like I could see him wanting to make that report. I could see Charlie specifically, yeah. not even necessarily the sisters. Be like, I'm just telling the truth, man. I'm just telling. Y'all need to know. People need to know. We need to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, I guess I could kind of see Charlie doing that, but I, I kind of am with Libby. Like, I don't know. Charlie might get fired up about it, but to actually put together that passion with the having to get planning. something logistically done. <laughs> yeah. yeah that I might, mean, might not all be there. I don't think it's very likely at all that it was her family that did it. I think that's just something that production's trying to play up for the, for the drama. I mean, I, I honestly think it's just probably a dumb clerical issue or or something you know oh there was some other guy named right. andre and he'd been arrested five times but that's not you okay fine here you go here's your green card you know yeah. the only thing that like concerned me was how the immigration lawyer had said and all the time that she had been an immigration lawyer she had never once had a couple that had a child get called in for an interview so that is concerning it is but i've 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 dealt with enough government bureaucracy that it's like oh, oh man we gotta bring you like especially and i don't know i don't know i i've definitely had to deal with people who were like yo we have this like my brother had to deal with it my brother almost, i told you that my brother almost got arrested one time for attempted murder because some random person picked his picture out for no reason and like just yeah. made up his name They're yeah. like who stabbed you and they said they said my brother's name and it was like and they went to arrest him and it's like i could see that happening just some other person named andre whatever right. his name is right went and got got a DUI and they were like, well, what about your DUI? And he's like, what DUI? <laughs> that wasn't even me. Right. We're like, oh, okay. I know what yeah. you I guess then. You're good. All right. Um, let's move on to Kim and Usman. So Kim and Usman are packing up for their trip to Sokoto. Uh, Usman's friend and second family, Bibi, is going to drive them to Sokoto. After a brief lesson on how to pronounce Kim Bali, they are on their way where Kim gets excited when she sees camels. They get to their hotel, and Usman is filling out a form that asks what his profession is. Kim says, international superstar, which then leads Usman into telling us how famous he is in his region. He says he gets recognized everywhere and how he gets VIP treatment. As Bibi is getting ready to leave, Kim tries to shake his hand or give him a high five, and Usman corrects her and tells her she is not allowed to do that because men are not supposed to touch women they are not married to. They are now in a very highly uh, religious area of Nigeria. Kim is nervous of messing up and asks him how to greet his mom, and he suggests that she just bow her head uh, towards her. Usman tells Kim that they can, can't get married if they don't get his mom's blessing. Usman goes to meet his mom alone first. He tells her he came for a specific reason, and then he tells her about Kim Bali, but tells her that she's just a friend, and he wants to bring Kim to meet her. Fatimatu, his mom, is already suspicious and asks if there's any other motive, and he says he'll tell her later. She then asks her age, and Usman tells her 50. His mom is very disappointed already and tells him she wants to, him to stop bringing old foreign women around and he should marry someone local and fertile. She prays that Kim is not who he wants as his wife and she can't just sit by and let him make more mistakes. She tells us she could get Usman married in seven days with a local girl. 
She tells Usman that she can assure him that she will not be giving her blessings for marriage this time. Usman is going to try anyway, and he's just going to pray real hard. All right, so do you actually believe that Farimatsu will actually follow through? Because I think it will be the first parent in all of the shows that we've ever seen who claim that they will not give their blessings, but then when push comes to shove, actually gives their blessings. No, I think she will. They'll buy her the cow or whatever and the goat and she'll, and they'll promise there'll be a second wife with babies and then she'll give her blessing reluctantly or whatever. Mm. Like, I think it's just, just the same almost like a replay of what happened with baby girl Lisa, right? Because remember that was the... Yeah. Remember they had to put the goat in the car with them and everything? Like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it was like a whole thing. Wait, was that her or the um, Laura? Oh, there was... Maybe it was. But, but there was there was purchasing of an animal with baby girl Lisa. There was yeah. definitely was. And they brought her sure. the animal. And this, I, I, the same thing will happen. I mean, because the whole thing is, is like, my my understanding was that his brother had already like let mom know what was up right and coming here was this the official like i am officially telling you when she already knew exactly this is an old woman because she was like approximately what is her age like first question what is her age right but i think i think it's going to be more of the same why would i sit here and drive a wedge between me and my son by not giving me my blessing when i know this isn't gonna work like this is (laughs) Yeah, but I think her feeling is like, you know, okay, he's not 24 anymore, 25, when he married baby girl Lisa. Like, he's getting a little bit older. He's in his 30s now. Like, now is the time to be serious, especially if we really want to have not just one grandbaby. She wants to have lots of grandbabies. Mm -hmm. So, it's like you're now getting – not that he can't father children later on in life – but at the same time, is he going to be as desirable as he is right now? Because she's claiming she can find him someone in like seven days. Well, apparently she can if he's the number one star in the region who gets recognized everywhere and gets yeah. all the VIP treatments, which was just like. Right. And, and you know, it, here's my thing. You know how I know that's bullshit? Because if there was one person who randomly recognized him on the street and was like, oh, my God, I told you, boy. Yeah. That would be on the show. Like, they would have that on the show, no doubt, if he was getting recognized by fans and, like, posing for pictures with people because they recognized him on the street. Like, 100%, right? That's not even happening with his Soja Boy license plate. Yes. When he's going around with a big necklace that says Soja Boy on it, with a Soja Boy necklace, and he's trying to tell us, I'm the number one artist in the region of – the entire region of, I guess, North Nigeria, which, by the way, I, I looked up. I went to Spotify and uh-huh. found a Nigerian artist and where they're from. And the number one artist, well, put it this way, on Spotify at least, Soja Boy yeah. has about 14,000 listens. I'm mostly imagining from 90 Day Fiance people. Right. Um, the one I found that I'm pretty sure is from like the same region as him, 14 million listens a month. Oh, goodness. So, no, he's not an international superstar. Like, and they have to stop saying right. this. It's, it's just silly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even his premiere, this was it this season with Kim? Um, or was it last season? It was because he filmed the video last time and we saw the BGL, yeah. the one where he had that, the, her song was like they, they did a debut video for that. But whenever they have like a release party uh-huh. or something, it's in like a small club. 
with maybe yes, like a hundred people. Very, very small. You know? Yeah. If that. So I don't know. I'm suspicious. I feel like, yeah, they're playing it up, but I, I don't know. I just, I just can't see his mom really saying no, even though she's saying no now. And that makes me frustrated because she should stick to her guns. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where what are you going to keep saying no, even though you know he's going to do it anyway. So now not only is he married to somebody you didn't want you married to, now you're like, have this rift of him defying what you made your wishes for. It just doesn't, it, it's, I know it's not the same as it is here, where it's just like, you know, this is a mere formality that you're not supposed to say no to, but I feel like it just causes more trouble than it's worth if you're like, he's going to do it anyway. Well, I think if he sticks to his guns too, because if she really thought he was going to do it anyway, you know, but if she actually thinks that her blessing actually makes a difference, she should say no, because he even said, we have to have blessings before we can get married. If we don't get blessings, we don't get married. He did say that. He did. He did say he wasn't going to, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just going to ask. But if she says, no, I'll do it anyway. We have had a few of those, but he's not one of them. So, I don't know. I hope that she sticks to her guns. These people should not be married, especially because no. they can't figure out this whole second wife situation. No, that's kind of a big sticking point. And, like, they don't know where they're going to yeah. live. Like, they don't – just they, – they they have such nasty fights that it's like you shouldn't – know. Yeah. You should not be with someone that you have those – that kind of fight with. Do you All have right. – dis- we have disagreements? Absolutely. Will you get pissed at your partner? Totally. Like – but they have this, like, when they do fight, they have, like, this disdain for each other. And I was like, I don't know how you can sustain mm-hmm. anything approaching that. Even the, that, yeah. that, which goes beyond the logistics of having a second wife that she clearly doesn't want you to have. Right. All right. So, you know, leading up with uh, Troubles Getting Pregnant, let's go to Bilal and Shida. So, Bilal starts oh by gosh. telling Shida that today is the day. The day she learns to drive in America. She's not worried about it because the driving in Trinidad is way harder than the driving in America, so it should be no sweat. Of course, he's really hoping that this can distract from her fertility questions, so – ah, but they – anyway, they get there somewhere, they switch sides of a car, and Bilal immediately starts to nitpick everything, starting with her taking off her shoes. The real challenge will be that on Trinidad, they drive on the left, so that is going to take some getting used to. The lesson goes about as well as you would imagine it would – because Bilal is constantly telling her, constantly telling her what she's doing wrong, and at even one point, even grabbing the wheel from her. But his plan doesn't work, and she's still worried about the results of her fertility blood work. So that comes up again, and they get home to have a video call with the doctor. Before they recap, they just keep recapping everything. So the doctor tells her that her hormones look good, but the test to check how many eggs she has left is still pending. So she doesn't have all the answers she was looking for. They don't agree with each other over whether or not they've been trying, which, I don't know. I don't know. It seems, it says from their conversation, it seems to mean they've been using condoms, but she claims that there's been an oopsie here or there. So, I don't <laughs> know. Is she poking holes in his condoms? I'm very concerned. Then they start treating the doctor oh, as a couple's therapist, and she talks about how emo- he talks about how emotional she is and how he's worried she'll abandon him which he claims she says in arguments. So later on, Shida is making a breakfast salad because you got to be eating healthy for the baby because getting pregnant starts with your diet. So literally everything we're going to talk about is going to come down to this damn baby. So they sit down and talk about this again and she's trying to get him to agree. So they do what the doctor suggested and make a pro-com list. 
And they can't even seem to agree what the pros and cons are because he puts added stress as a con and she was like, well, no, that's not a con. The baby is going to reduce our stress. So she seems oh, to have gosh. some rather – she seems to have some rather unrealistic ideas about what having a baby is like. For instance, yeah. thinking that you can just – and I'll put this in, in quotes – put the baby on a program and still get 10 hours of sleep every night. So he, he tries – no, He tries to get her to understand that first – changing a first few pupae diapers might be cute. But after a while, that's going to get old and gross. He also tries unsuccessfully to convince her that babies are expensive. Every time she, every time he comes up with a con, she just spends her time trying to argue that that con is illegitimate. So then he brings up that when things get tough, you know, then he brings up what he wants to bring up, which is when things get tough, she always threatens to run for the hills. But she says those are just empty threats that you should let go. So his fear, though, is that they're going to have this conversation. Her fear is that they're going to have this conversation every year until it's too late to have a baby, which is more or less what we thought too. So. What is the craziest, like most unrealistic idea Sh- Shida had about this baby? Because, wow. <laughs> the putting it on a schedule. I mean, I've seen this before. Like uh, there was um, some show or something, some reality show of uh, some nanny concierge. And this couple, like, you know, they saw their friends, you know, they basically lose their social life because of a baby. Right. So they were just like, oh, well, we're going to put the baby on our schedule. And it's like, that's nice. The baby isn't going to cooperate. Like, I don't know why people <laughs> think that they can just somehow, like, mind ninja their baby into having the schedule that they want. And no one's figured it out so far. Like, how are you really yes. going to be different? Yes. All these other couples have done it wrong. We are the ones that have the secret that yeah, from we're gonna the figure six million it out. years of humans evolution, we got it figured out. Yeah. Right. We're going to have the baby be on our schedule, but no one has ever done it before, but we'll be the first because we know what's going on. Yeah. Just the idea of it. But because even if you think about what the babies do, all they do is sleep and eat. You cannot yeah. control when the baby is tired and when the baby is hungry. You give it a, this little, right. like, notoriously the things about your body that you cannot control. It's like when you get tired and when you get hungry. But yeah. Yeah. So it was just crazy. I mean, and, and to be fair, I mean, I, for one, when I had my, my kids was pretty, I had it pretty easy. I was pretty unfazed by the sleep because I wasn't doing most of the midnight feedings. Right. Mm-hmm. And even when it was, you know, I got woken up when the midnight feedings happened or whatever, but I also, have always, and you know this about me, function on very little sleep anyway. Yeah, like, that's true. You have you need very little sleep. But if she's trying to get 10, 10 hours, hours, like no, no way. Chance. No chance. You literally no. have to feed the baby every four hours for like the first right. three months. It's not – Yeah, you can't get 10 straight hours of anything. So, I mean, that one and – come on. To, to, oh, if we have a baby, it will reduce our stress. Like, come on. No, that's also ridiculous. It's just – and so I get – and I'm not saying he's right for whatever he did before, but I get his concerns of coming from is like you will have mm-hmm. completely unrealistic expectations of what this is going to be like. Right. And I don't yeah. know how we can enter into it if your expectations are so out of whack from what I know from experience is going to happen. Yeah. You know what's odd to me is why she has those kinds of expectations because she's mentioned this before. She has a lot of nieces and nephews. So she's had a lot of babies around her. So that means she's had a lot of parents around her. And how have the parents not told her 
like been real with her about what it's really like to raise a baby. And especially the, and that we come back to the sleep thing because I feel like there's no way anyone who has ever been our age, been anyone's age and had their peers have babies doesn't know that, well, I know one thing about babies, you don't get any sleep. Like if that's the only yeah. thing you know, then you know you right. don't get any sleep, right? That's that's it. That's like number yeah. one everybody says. And to be like, nah, it's fine. We'll get sleep. It'll be fine. Like it's just – it's – it's Yeah. But it's, it, she does it for uh, – there was a lot of times here that she was like, I don't you, – you, you're not on the same page. Even when the doctor said, well, have you guys been trying? And they couldn't agree on that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That was kind of ridiculous to me too. It was, she was just like, oh, well, they're – because it sounds like they – he tries to use condoms as a form of birth control and – she's just like, well, yes. we don't always use them because, you know, maybe, you know, whatever. And so he's just like, well, you know, Bilal, that means that it is possible. Because sometimes I quick draw on him and get on there. <laughs> yeah, but it's, even still, Shida is just kind of, I don't know. I think she's also has unrealistic views of what's going to get her pregnant, too, because it's like we've already seen that, you know, you have a really short cycle and so, I mean, you can't get pregnant every time you have sex, like any given day of the month, right? There's a small-ish window. So you're saying that the one time that you didn't use a condom was in the small window? Yeah, I'm saying if 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 he is the one using the condoms and she had this conversation, he's going to want to take those with him to work and throw them away there. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> yeah. right. she's going to get back at him. Like, it, it, it's concerning that like you know and we see it before we see we see people all the time who are like and usually you see it the other way well no i couldn't possibly be pregnant it's like well let's review like what you did last month and yes you definitely could right and so i don't know i feel Mm -hmm. like she i think i don't even know if it goes as far as sometimes they don't i think she's like well condoms fail a lot and we have i'm not on like birth control so i guess we're trying you know, and it's just like that's not the same page. Oh gosh, page. she can't be that delusional. I don't know, I don't know. Unless unless yeah. she is doing something specifically that she doesn't know about, like then they're not trying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I did side with Bilal just a little bit when he said, you know, like she throws around like the divorce word. Oh yeah, a lot. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's messed up, Shida. What are you doing? No, that's not. Well, I just and, and, and one of the things that does drive me crazy, and, and, and it, just, it honestly, it's a deal breaker for me. I can't be in a relationship with somebody who does that, who makes empty threats. Yeah, like like that. Well, yeah. well, guess, well, guess, well guess we'll just break up. I'm like, if you tell me that, I'm going to think you broke up with me. Like, I am going to take right. what you said at your word, and we will be broken up. And they're going to be like, well, I didn't understand. Well, he must have really wanted to break up. He didn't even like – yeah. So if you're going around throwing every time you get into a f- small argument, you're throwing around, I might divorce you. No, that's not okay. Yeah, that's not okay because I think part of being in a relationship is to reassure that other person that you'll be there, right? And so when you're throwing around stuff like that, if they're empty threats and there's really no um, follow through with it, it's like you're making that person feel unstable in that relationship, like insecure in that relationship. And that's just not fair to the other person. No, and I think it's – I just think from her side, it's that that thing that – most people do when they say things, they say things they don't mean because they just pick the thing that they know is going to hurt the person the most. And mm-hmm. she does know that his biggest concern about the relationship is that it will end and they'll end in divorce and he'll be a twice divorced person or whatever. So that's mm-hmm. what she's going to pick at because she, she's she's looking for blood. 
And that's shitty. That's shitty. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we did... Oh, we heard from everyone, right? Oh, no, we didn't see Yara and Jovi, but it looks like next week uh, Yara will be getting her green card while Jovi is at work. So I don't know. I actually liked this episode a little bit um, just because I felt like things are moving along, right? And it made me actually excited for next week's episode if there's follow through right. next if, week. If always a big if with this show, yes. right? Yes. Yes, and they don't just drag out another more episodes. Yes. But it feels like things are happening. Yes, there were definitely some some, you know, definitely places where it was like, oh, this is a this is a turning point for this this relationship. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so who was your student of the week? My student of the week is I I guess Jenny. Um, because, you know, she tried the dessert she tried the food she was uh not totally into, right? We said that yeah. last time. It's like you heard an unadventurous thing. Is it's like not being an adventurous eater, right? And it just bothers me. It's like yeah. you wouldn't even try it. You wouldn't even try that thing. And you know she did. And it, even if it's not for her, at least she did try the thing for him. Yes, and I agreed. Um, I thought Jenny was a good student of the week. Like I thought it was kind of funny that she thinks she knows everything, but in the end, you know. Whatever was motivating her to do it, whether it was that, you know, she was afraid she would lose submit or if it was really just to make him happy, you know, she was adventurous in the end. Mm -hmm. Yes, a very, very tame adventurous, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about your dads? Uh, I went with Ed. Um, Oh, I did too. It just, just, that super grossed me out. The, you had a big... Fight with yeah. someone and it was just – and just his jumping to conclusions of that look. Mm-hmm. It was the look that told me. I was like, no. And the way she grabbed your arm. Yeah. It's it was like, like you okay. Had, so no evidence. You were going off of no evidence then. Great. Thanks. Right. Great. Yeah. And how he just like get your stuff and move out of the house. Like, oh, that's like just mean. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not ready to tell me. Because he would, and I think you're right. If you if she'd have been like denied it, he'd be like, "Well, now you're lying to me. So if you're not, if you're gonna lie to me about yeah. it, then you can just get your stuff and move out." Like, yeah, right, right. Okay, so uh, how about your life lesson? All right, my life lesson it goes to Bilal and Shida, and that mostly Shida, and that making a pro and con list. The first step to making a pro con list is that you acknowledge that there are cons, and don't just like yes. shoot every single one of them. I was like, actually, that's not true. Actually, that's a positive. Actually, like, no, you can't do that. Like, there are legitimate drawbacks to things. And your pro-con list doesn't work if you reject all the cons. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So my life lesson is aimed at uh, Liz and Ed. Um, Liz was talking about, you know, how their relationship, uh, you know, had been hard. But, you know, all relationships are hard. You know, she had said something along those lines. and. Just relationships aren't easy, but there really is a balance. And there is such thing as a relationship being too hard. Yes. And if it's too hard, you have to reevaluate if this relationship is really worth it. Yeah. There is such thing as too hard. There is. Absolutely. Yes. There absolutely is. Yeah. Yes. And I want to say, because one, if you want to keep work, sometimes it's, oh, there's work, but... I want to put in the work. Uh, this is a pain in the butt, but I, I'll do this for them because I want to. Yeah. But like that—that—that's that, the kind of hard you're looking for. You're not looking for the hard, as in like my entire life is falling apart and this relationship is just—that's too hard. That's, and I'm unhappy all the time, and we fight all the time. Yes, that's not how over the same things because obviously there has been no resolution. Right. 
Yeah, there you're yeah. right though. That's correct. Good way of putting it. There is such a thing as too hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, like I said, I'm kind of excited about next week's episode. I really want to see if uh, Usman's mom actually gives her blessings. Well, that's, that's what it's all about is are people going to stick to what they did this time? Right. Yes. To what they said. I, I really want to see is Liz going to stick to her guns and, you know, be done with Ed. Uh, I want to really see if Angela is going to really give Michael a chance, like she says. <laughs> well, I just oh, – she's just yeah. – oh, she's so bad. I can't stand her. We yeah. talk about her first. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have my doubts about literally all of them. I don't think anybody will stick right. to their words. Everyone will go back on it. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of think so too. But it's interesting to, you know, see and speculate. So until next week. All right. See everybody then. Okay, Okay, bye. bye.